Welcome to another episode of Speaker Geekers Podcast. I'm stepping in for Steve today. I'm the 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 host, the other host, um, Tommy T. We got Greg. And then um, today, special, special guest today. I want to do it right, so I'm going to read this intro out like it was it was written. Um, I wish I had like some some uh like like background music or something like that to some just bring it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But coming straight from Chicago born, Mississippi raised artist known for unique delivery, legendary performances. Over the last eight years, not only has Jay put out an incredible body of work, but he has also racked up quite the reputation for being a groundbreaking pioneer for hip hop. His resume includes several festivals that did not feature rap before hiring him as well as winning the Tennessee Songwriters Competition in Memphis as its first hip hop winner. Guys, I want to welcome Jay Discreet to Speaker Geekers podcast, man. <laughs> right, right, right. There it is, there it is, man. Yo, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you some shit for right there. With there we go. <laughs> hey man, but before we get started into the podcast, man, I want to make sure you guys go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening to it through your podcast, your favorite podcast uh place, subscribe there as well. So you hear everything that we're dropping. So um, yeah, man. So how you guys doing, man? Oh uh, man, I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. Good, good, good. What about you, G? Yeah. Man, I'm straight, man. I'm straight. I'm I'm just sitting over here chilling. Uh, I ain't even ate yet, bro. I'm, I'm kind of hungry. So like, <laughs> yeah. hopefully this job don't run super long, so I can give you something to eat. But yeah. you know, I'm straight though. I'm feeling good today. Good, good, man. Good, yeah, bro. You yeah. you gotta eat breakfast, man. You know, normally I do. Normally I get up every day and cook yeah. breakfast, bro. You just some oatmeal or something, man. <laughs> Hell no, nah. I do some bacon, <laughs> eggs, toast. Hash browns, I do yeah, shit yeah. every day. I like to eat. <laughs> yes, every day. I'm a yeah. Nah, I'm I feeling feel that, it, man. I feel that, man. Jay Discreet in the building, man. Good? Um, yeah. Before we even get started with everything else, man, I want to say I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and uh, kind of chopping it up with us about your album In Plain Sight, man. It's going to be a lot of fun and everything. But before we yeah. get, get to that, I want to pass the mic to, to G, man, so he can go ahead and talk about what's been in the speakers. Yes, bro. We're going to yeah. get right into it, man. What's in your speakers for the week? Of course. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to kick it off. Of course. Had to kick it off with some Jada Screech, bro. Like, I had to go ahead and, and do some digesting of in-playing sight. Because yeah. I had heard it already. But I wanted to, like, listen to it and take notes while I listened to it. So I did that. I got a chance to do that. Actually, I was at work. And I was supposed to be doing shit. But I was like, nah, I'm about to take on this. <laughs> And so I went ahead and listened to that. Uh, I actually listened to some uh, Brent Fires this week. I went and listened to the the, the tape, uh, Fuck the World. Um, I listened to a little bit of, because uh, Steve was talking about this artist, Tiana Major Nine. He was saying, go listen to that. So I, I heard a little bit of her uh, project this past week. I forgot the name of the project. Let me see what this is. Um, I listened to uh, it. Eight sixes and sevens. Yeah. Yeah. So I had listened to that. And then I had listened to uh I actually went and listened to a couple songs from Ariana Grande album because somebody told me to listen to that as well. And so it was it was straight. But it was after uh I saw this video and it was it was a video of her doing 
the different layers for her vocals. Mm -hmm. And so I was slick studying while I was watching it, just trying to figure out, like, how do people be stacking them vocals in that way? And she cold as hell, bro. Honestly, I'm going to have to send that video out or something because that shit was cold. Um, And then, of course, I had to, uh, you know, rest in peace DMX for this week. So I had to go ahead and listen to some DMX essentials, man. And so... I went through it all, man. I was listening to everything I could, DMX, man. But of course, <laughs> of course, my favorite song is Slipping, bro. So I, I yeah. listened to Slipping probably three, four, five, six times. And um, the funny thing is, on the albums, it's the edited version. So it like, is. When it you is. listen to it, you be like, damn, where is the 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 curse words? Because <laughs> that makes yeah. it feel a little different. But he actually got yeah. a, uh, it's a re-recorded version of it. Um, that you can find, and on the re-recorded version, like it's it's unedited. So I listened to that as well. And then the last thing I listened to is uh, it's a girl named Lakia. Um, she's got a tape out called In Due Time, and I had heard something from her before. It was like her and the City Girls. But I can't remember what the name of the song was, but um, I feel like Tommy, you told yeah, me to it's, to that uh, shit. Uh, I can't remember the song. I know who you talking about. She just came out with something. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was listening to. But uh, it was some cool songs on there, too. I didn't get a chance to finish that done. But uh, I'm going to go back to finish that out as well. But that's pretty much it. That's pretty much been what I list- listened to this week outside of, like, random shit here and there that I just picked up on. Yeah. But uh, since we got a guest in the building, bro, since we got a guest, not the building, since we got yeah. a guest in the virtual <laughs> building, fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay, what you been on this past week, man? What you been listening to? Oh man, so uh, I've been listening to No Dog on Sundays. Okay, I go back to that a lot. Side the Prince, I listen mm-hmm. to that a lot. Uh, Side one of my favorites. Of course, I also been on, on on DMX. I got a playlist I put together, but my favorite song is uh, How's It Going Down. Oh yeah, you know, this just cool to me. It always was. That is one of the best open lines ever. Probably chicken with this chicken trying to steal from a creeper. Like, <laughs> just come in. That's the song for that whole song. Uh, who else have I been listening to this week? I've been listening to Nip. Because, uh, you know, the, the anniversary of him passing just, just came up, too. So I've been bumping a lot of Nipsey Hustle. And, of course, I've been listening to me. And... P. Funky put out an album like a month or two ago, I think. Hmm. So I've been bumping that. Fire. This on is fire. And uh, who else? What else am I listening to? Uh, Bonfire. I've been listening to Bonfire a lot. And uh, Black. Or Six Lack, depending on what you choose yeah. to call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bump a lot of Black, though, man. Like, that's kind of what's been in my rotation, though. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, I listen to a lot of No Dope on Sundays. I feel like that's a really underrated album. It like, is. It, I yeah. think he's an underrated artist, man. Like these are facts. Yeah. <laughs> like for real, man. Yeah, man. Uh I got a chance to see him perform some of the songs from that. I think it was at one Creek concert that he came to Memphis. And I got a chance to see yeah. Cy. It was it was pretty cool, man. Cause uh I think I didn't get on to Cy until uh yeah, like Royal Flush 2 was the name of the mixtape. Yeah. And I got a chance to kind of pick up on some of the stuff he was doing at that time. But that's been a long time. Shit, that was like 2010, yeah. 11, something yeah. like that. But uh, yeah. I always liked it, man. Shit. I think my favorite side high project was uh, the first Black History Project he put out. 
I really like that. Chocolate. With Barry White on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's that my favorite that time on there. Fine. Yes, bro. That jump yeah. on there, bro. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that jump because Barry White was my song, bro. Like, I was listening to that motherfucker every day. Yeah. That shit was Man, great. Barry White, Barry White, you ride by people, they want to know what you're playing. That jump <laughs> was beating. Like, for real. Yeah. Crazy, bro. Crazy. I got to go listen to that hoe today. Now that you said that. <laughs> like, shit, I got to go listen to that hoe today. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. See, let's, uh, what you had in your speakers, though? What you had in your speakers over there, Tom? Oh, you took my words. <laughs> I right, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm active in the podcast. We're going to be fluid. There it let's is. Go. There it is. Oh, man. I, I actually, man, I don't know what's been wrong with me, but. I've been on like a NWA kick lately. Um, so I uh I actually watched the movie again this past oh, okay. week. Um, straight out of Compton. So I listened to that album. Um, what else was it? Dr. Dre the Chronic. I checked that one out. Um, got over to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, both of their albums, the uh, Creeping are uh, Creeping, Creeping are Coming. And uh, E1999 Eternal. Um, somehow I got to do or die. Picture this album. Of course, y'all yeah. know what song I was listening to. Um, Pope Him. <laughs> yeah. um, Adrenaline Rush. Next. Then, man, I went down a little rabbit hole with Missy Elliott. Like, <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Super Duper Fly, The all. Real World. Missy, so addictive. Um, Miguel came out with uh like I guess it's like an EP. I don't really know the difference from an album and an EP, but um it had four songs on it. It was it was super cool. Um Lakia, what you listen to in due time. Yeah. Um Mo 3 Hat came out with something, Shot Us Forever. So I checked that out. Um Doja Cat Hot Pink album. She came out with a song. I put it in the Slack, the video. That video five. That bro. video five. <laughs> heard, five uh, who was it? Scissor? Yeah, it's very creative, bro. Yeah, yeah man. So, uh, and then, man, you know, DMX, when I heard the news, I was like, dog, I need to listen to his stuff, man. It's like, you know, you don't forget about DMX because he's an icon at this point. And uh, instantly I thought about Steve because Steve is like the biggest DMX fan I know. Um, yeah. But you listen to his stuff and then you like, damn, he had this one, this one. You forget, well, well me personally, I forgot how many hits and how long of a span this yeah. man like was yeah. really hot because he came he came out in 98. And then you look at his discography, he was still dropping music within the last two years. Mm. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. I got a cool DMX story too. I'm going to tell it in a little bit. Okay, okay. Then, you know, uh, the last thing that I can remember, like, off the top was Grand Champ that I listened to. Mm-hmm. You know, he had Year of the Dog right after that in 2006, but Grand Champ. So that's 98 through 2003 that I'm like, yeah, you know, got to listen to DMX, you know. Yeah. Um, but the man was still dropping music. So, um, you know, just checking out that Outcast, of course, I was listening to it. Um, and the top of everything off, man, Jay Discreet. Um, I'm in the in plain sight, man. 
Like it's but like I, I can't wait till we get get started talking on that because it's it's two <laughs> tracks in particular that I was like, oh man, I gotta talk to him about this one. But um yeah, but yeah, man, it was some more stuff too. Um, but that's pretty much the most oh, I watched the Tina Turner um documentary. That's mm. how I got to Missy Elliott. Okay. Because okay. Tina Turner has a version of I Can't Stand the Rain. And you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, some peoples originally made it. And that's what the sample, I Can't Stand the Rain, is off of. But okay. I didn't know Tina Turner made a song, I Can't Stand, like basically remade the song or whatnot. Okay. In the, and so that's what got me there. So, um, yeah, man, that's my week. Man, that's, <laughs> that's a lot, bro. You filled in a, a whole lot, bro. You, you pulled a Steve this week. Yeah, I did. You I had did. plenty of yeah. shit, bro. Plenty of <laughs> shit. Yeah. Steve be coming out with the scroll, man. <laughs> he like every time, bro. And like coming in, like, all right, y'all. Right. I be like, damn, nigga, chill out. But uh, I ain't seen the Tina Turner joint yet, bro. Bro, um, I got a chance to check out a little bit of uh, what is that joint called? The hip hop whatever joint that was on uh, FX. No, uncovered. Yeah, hip hop yeah. uncovered. I got a chance to. I finished that joint. Did you? So, so like when we get a chance to talk about that, bro, it's, I got some stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, what's you watch it? Man, I, I still got. I've been waiting because I know we're talking about it. So I've been yeah. kind of waiting to to watch it or whatnot. So um, it's definitely in my list to uh, to watch, man. But check out that Tina Turner jump, man. It, it's like it allows you to. You heard the stories about Ike and Tina, but it allows you to really learn her because, you know, mm-hmm. she recently just got inducted into the Hall of Fame as a solo uh, mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. And so um, it, it really dives into like what happened or how she got there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because uh, the Ike and Tina thing had haunted her for a very long time. Right. Mm. And the and the sad part about the whole thing that I'm done about this documentary is Ike's legacy, because talent wise, amazing, right? But his yeah. legacy is always tied to being a woman beater and a womanizer. If I said and a drug addict and a drug addict, yeah. So yeah. it's 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 crazy how talented this man was, but what he did, it it ruined him as a as an artist, man. I think so. Yeah, but yeah, check it out when you get a chance, man. Um, yeah, so let's jump. In, let's jump into this news thing, man. Um, it for me, it hadn't been a lot of news. Uh, I'm gonna start with with uh, Prince Philip died. So. And DMX died, <laughs> 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 and that's the, and that's the point. You know, it it, it, it affects people yeah. differently. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's a yeah. big thing that he died. He was 99 years old. And like, almost he, made 100. Almost made 100. That was the first thing I thought. But then, you know, DMX died and it it affected us. It affected the world in a completely different way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was kind of like DMX, if you're watching the news, DMX, they running something on him. And then Prince Philip died is scrolling at the bottom of the screen. He's in the ticker tape. Yeah, that's bottom. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so I want to say RIP from the Speaker Geekers podcast to both of those guys. Um, we hate to hear about that, man. But 
Um, the big news for me was DMX uh, passing and the legacy that he brought. Jada Scree, I, I kind of want to hear your story, man. I, I wanted to save it to this part, man. So if you would, tell us your story about DMX, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. First off, I want to go back to what you said about uh, Ike's, Ike Turner's legacy in contrast to DMX's legacy because there was no secrets about DMX's legacy as far as his his struggles, his his bouts with drugs and everything. But in spite of it, his legacy is one of love as mm-hmm. opposed to what Ike's legacy is. And it's amazing how small things change, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How people remember you. Yeah. But, uh, my DMX story is like, uh, I was on Instagram and I put out the intro to In Plain Sight and uh, I put out the intro video and I sponsored it. So I wanted people to see it. And it was doing numbers. It was doing good. And I got hit up from the DMX page. I got a DM. And it was like, basically saying, hey, I want you to rock with me. I'm doing this mixtape, you know. And I talked to a couple people that be helping me put my music out. And they was like, man, I don't know. A lot of them Instagram pages, they scamming people right now. They're going to they gonna ask you for some money. They're going to put you on a mixtape with a bunch of people. They're not really going to listen to the music. If you pay, you get on the mixtape. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was kind of filling it out. I was inbo- inboxing the uh, page back, DMing the page back on Instagram. And, you know, we, we negotiated a couple times talking about the price. Because the price was like, I want to say like somewhere between 500 to a band to get on this mm-hmm. mixtape. And uh, real talk, uh, I had got the info and I was like negotiating like, well, what about if I can just get a drop? Like, what would it take for me to just get a drop from you? Because I'm baiting them. I'm thinking, okay, if this, if this is fake, then they'll, they'll, they'll wash out. Mm-hmm. So like, like I want to say like two or three months ago, I physically got to talk to DMX on the phone, bro. Like, I got a call from this guy, uh, trying to think of his name on Instagram. It's like all in one word. His name starts the name, and then it's like, uh, Kev if something. But like, uh, it's part of his management team. And he's like, yeah, is this Jay? I was like, yeah. Is this Jay the Street? I was like, yeah. Hey, yeah, hold on, hold on. I just want to talk to you. Like, and he was on the phone for all of maybe like two minutes. It was like, yeah, what we doing? You trying, you trying to, you trying to move or what? What you doing? Like, and I was so <laughs> fucking fuck for like a whole two minutes and not saying nothing. Then, you know, I was talking to him and I was trying to negotiate, like getting a drop. I was gonna put it on in plain sight because yeah. I knew I couldn't afford a feature, but I was just trying to get a drop. It was gonna be a skit, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he was like, man, you really, you really messing up, you man, you missing out. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on this, uh, get this mixtape out, but I only want people that's hungry. And like, you know what I'm saying? Around the time I was making posts, but I wasn't putting no names in the posts because I was so stoked. And uh, like the posts would be on Facebook. Like when you talk to, when you talk to a legend, when you talk to one of your heroes, but I didn't want to put it out there in case it worked out. So it was going to mm-hmm. be a surprise. And the guy that was managing was like, just if, if, if this is all you need, man, just go to Cameo. He's like, we doing Cameo right now. The management guy was like, we doing Cameo. If it's just about a drop, you can go to Cameo and we'll clear it. You know what I'm saying? But at the time, I didn't do it. And uh, the the mixtape ended up dropping. And, you know, God bless the dead. I'm, a, I'm forever a DMX fan. 
the mixtape just wasn't where it was at. Like, it mm-hmm. was exactly what people told me it was going to be. People mm-hmm. pay his team to get on their mixtape, and they wasn't necessarily that good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I did miss that window to do the cameo thing, because at the time, you know, I'm still I'm still learning and navigating, so I was still kind of like, you know what I'm saying, spooked about doing it. Yeah. But, yeah, man. I, I got to talk to I got to talk to the to the God, man, like for probably like six, seven minutes. Like and it was so major. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then recently when I found out about him going into the uh, I guess it was like the comatose state or whatever, mm-hmm. like it really shook me because I was already a fan, but also I didn't want to say anything about it. Cause you know, when somebody passes, people always think you're looking for, you know, clout yeah. or whatever. I was like I mean, ain't nobody gonna believe it, but my inner circle, mm-hmm. they all know. So when they see this podcast, they gonna know I'm telling the truth because they all got calls at like midnight and one in the morning and shit. Yeah. Like, you're right <laughs> on the DMX, think like, you know what I'm saying? So, it was a major thing, man. And uh, I had been following him. He had, he had been on a couple of podcasts recently saying what he was trying to do. They was trying to do a documentary of the original crew and all that. So. You know, just gone too soon, man. But man. yeah, it's my DMX story, man. I got I got to hear like hearing his voice over the phone and the the cadence of how he talked being mm-hmm. exactly what you expect was a little much yeah. at first. You know what I'm saying? Yo, yeah. it, was, it was a real dope moment, man. Like real shit. So yeah, that's that's my DMX story, man. Like and I, I I probably would never post it anywhere else. I'm glad that I got to tell somebody. Ain't nobody going to want to believe it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I know forever that, that it's the real, though. So you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I got to deal with the fact that I, I passed up on on at least potentially getting uh, the, the cameo and the shout-out so I could have it to listen to. Even if I didn't put it on, it would have been dope to have. Yeah. So that's yeah. a lesson yeah. learned as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, man. Cool, man. that's a cool story, man. Oh. I don't have any stories yeah, like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> oh man, I got a lot of stories. <laughs> I don't, some, some of the some of the decisions have been dope. Some of them I be I be going back to like, mm, might should have did that. Yeah, but you know, you you live and you learn yeah. for sure, for sure, man. Um, mm. my experience with DMX is crazy. That's why I appreciate the podcast so much because. Steve was a, like was and is like a big brother to me. You know what I'm saying? Because Steve yeah. is who introduced me to like DMX. You know, before Steve, I didn't listen to music with cussing in it. You know what I'm saying? So, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, so when 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 growing up, you know, and that came out, like Steve was all on it. You know what I'm saying? I hope he jumps in. Like soon, so he can kind of talk about his his experience with uh DMX. But um, you know, man, just listening to his music over there at Steve House, um, listening to the songs on on with the videos and stuff like that, listen to the songs on the radio, man. That's a, a icon that you didn't know you was gonna miss from yeah. from my part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. you know, you 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 hear him on the features and he always made to me he always made the song better it wasn't a, a feature yeah. that you was like uh he could have been left off of it like it's been some yeah. features that i've seen from artists that was like they didn't make or break the song but you know if they was left off the song you've been like eh, it probably would have either been a better yeah. song or just just what it is 
but DMX always improved songs to me. Um, when yeah. it came to to, I always found it fascinating that he was such a religious person, but then mm-hmm. the topics that he talked about was so real. You Man. know what I'm saying? And it, and it, it kind of balanced <laughs> yeah. everything out because you know, it's like going to church, and you know the everybody that sits on the front row, you know all of them curse. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was it was kind of like that dynamic for me, man. And you know, this past week, just hearing the news about him passing made me kind of go back and say, okay, well, let me listen to this, and then it put me in a in a you know in a space where I was like, damn, I remember where I was at here. I remember the story yeah, yeah, that yeah. he's telling right here. It, I've seen or heard the story before in a in an experience. Um, you know, and something I didn't know, man. My wife was a huge fan of DMX. Hmm. Did not know that, man. I knew that, like I was like, what? So we playing the songs, <laughs> and she like it's funny to hear her like rap a song. Like if you listen to our podcast, every end of the podcast um, on our August Love Story, John, she's always quoting a rap song. I, f- I find it funny because she doesn't listen to rap. So I'm yeah. sitting in here listening to some DMX. She come around the corner just rapping. I'm like, what? Wait. <laughs> you know, so the so to see that and hear that, man, it's it's kind of it's kind of good, you know. Um damn, it's just it's just sad, man. It's just truly sad, yeah, man. man. We lost a legend like that. Um it really is, man. Yeah. Um because growing up, I was definitely a DMX fan, but not to the extent of like Two of my cousins, uh, so like Derek, the other yeah. half of Acronym, and then his sister Diamond, yeah. they like some huge fucking DMX <laughs> fans, bro. Like two two years ago, them niggas hit me up like on some random shit and just was like, "Bro, DMX gonna be in New Orleans, bro. Like, we gotta go to New Orleans so we can go see DMX." And like the first thought in my mind was like, "Hell no, nah. <laughs> I ain't gonna <laughs> drive six hours just to go to no DMX concert." But then I'm glad I said yes. Cause like I got a chance yeah. to go and and check this man out for real and, and see that man in his element, bro. Not not just seeing him on TV or not just like hearing his music. Like to see that nigga in his element. And that nigga is everything that you hear in the songs, mm-hmm. bro. Like as soon as the <laughs> man came on the stage, like he busting that motherfucker performing songs and shit. And then like he take a break, he say a prayer for the crowd and shit. <laughs> in the middle of the prayer be cussing and shit you're like what the fuck like right. this thing is a trip <laughs> and then uh, he'll go from from praying for you to telling you like I had posted a little clip and shit on my Instagram where he was like bro I've been around the world fucked a lot of bitches but like yeah. ain't nothing gonna compare to this right here standing on this stage I was born for this shit and then like at the end he come back and he pray for everybody and he did and then, like, he point out a girl in the crowd and, like, hey, is my intentions clear? Like, I, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and I'm just like, this man is <laughs> But it was just cool to see that man rocking like that, bro. Because yeah. that man is really a fucking legend, bro. Like, yeah. and, and listening Hands to his music, down. like I've said before about, like, Project Patton shit, like, when you listen to that man's music, it, it gives you a different feeling. Cause you you can tell like this is coming from a real fucking place. Mm-hmm. Like this nigga is really this is just this just life for him. It's not even like it's it's an effort. It's just like this is just all I am, and I'm just giving this shit to you on this song right here. And so I really appreciate it. Then he just an excellent fucking poet at that. It might just told. 
Right. And might rock the Africa. It might rock the entire Africa. Man, that might be great. Concert clip where, where you can't even see where the crowd is. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine, bro. Like, that's a whole lot of fucking people. Right. Right. It's, bro, I couldn't they all, imagine they that. They all tuned in to that wavelength, too, while he was performing. It didn't matter that it was that many people. They yeah. all locked in on what he was doing. Like, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Man, it's it's probably crazy. Uh, like for people that like his family, you know, to see the the outpouring that he's having around the world. Because, like, bro, like he died and a prince died, right? Like it's it's like yeah. that's big. This a okay. prince has died, yeah. But he's getting yeah. the the most action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That has to be. That has to be. Refreshing to um to 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 happen for his family that people yeah. actually love this man because I don't think just just briefly I don't know the real story behind his upbringing and stuff but it wasn't great you know what I'm saying I no. like from what I what I remember or what I've heard was that he had a really tough time growing up you know yeah. um. And to to become the man that he, the icon, the legend that he had become, and uh, to be loved the way that he's loved today, like it has to be a good feeling for his family, you know. Um, yeah, man. R.I.P. to DMX. Um, much love to his family. We appreciate his music and what he's done for us and everything like that. Um, I kind of want to brighten the spot a little bit. <laughs> With this, uh, because we haven't had a chance to talk about it, man. But Earth, Wind, and Fire versus uh the Isley Brothers happened last week. Um, yeah, yeah, bruh. It was a great one. It was like it, it was long, <laughs> like yeah. it was super long. But it was a great. Uh, it was a it was a great versus. I still I would rank it as some one of the top ones. Um. I'm really starting to see what what is it, Thriller or Triller? Triller. Triller is uh starting to how they're making it better. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The presentation yeah. wise and everything. Cause we actually watched it on Triller instead of watching it on Instagram. We was able to stream it to the TV and everything like that. Um, uh, what was y'all thoughts Whoa. on it? Did y'all get a chance to see it or I saw most of it? I I did not get a chance to see it. I was uh the the night it happened, I was doing a rehearsal. For uh, for a show that I put together, yeah, and uh, I just didn't, didn't get a chance to go back and watch it, you know. But mm-hmm. it's on my list though, because you know I work overnight, so I, I always catch up over things later on and later after everybody else. So yeah. you know, I work literally while everybody else is asleep, so I get to listen <laughs> and check out everything else. So, yeah, you know, it's definitely in my agenda to get to it though. But I, I I'm heavily leaning for the Asley Brothers as far as. Who's gonna have the most bangers? But it's it's hard to say. Yeah, right? man. Everyone in fire do everything. They do everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, man. It was uh, I like the fact that like I understood why Steve Harvey was the host of it because it wouldn't yeah. have, it wouldn't have been able to work if he wasn't there, or if they didn't have somebody there. Steve Harvey was. He was super excited, man. You got to imagine, like, 
if the person that you grew up listening to, like in your main in your prime days of getting yeah. females, you know what I'm saying? Your prime <laughs> days of getting females, and and you're hosting like that artist, you know, yeah. to do a versus battle, to do anything. Yeah. And you gonna have stories. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that nigga had plenty. So many stories. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main thing I've been hearing about is Steve Harvey, which is funny. Man. When people talk to me about it, like, you ain't seen yet? Steve Harvey, trip. They ain't talking to me about this. (laughs) Man, Steve Harvey, man, he told them stories. And then on Twitter, Twitter was eating them up. You know, like, come on, Steve. You see that video of that lady? Oh, she was like, (laughs) Steve with the stories, man. But, um, like you, like I understood where he was coming from. With with like he was sitting there with people, man. Like he had the best time of his life listening to their music, man. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the, like the best times of his life. So yeah, he got the stories, man. But when you got got down to the music, like it was just a jam session. The whole three four hours, man. We're sitting there listening to it. Um, oh yeah. Like nah, it was it was just crazy, man. Like uh DJ D Nice um was mm-hmm. there doing this thing, man. Dude, like throughout the pandemic, he has stepped up in a major way, man. Um yeah. just to just to even imagine that the Isley brothers have been doing have been working in the music industry since nineteen since the nineteen fifties. And then released yeah. the song after the the verses. Man, that's just, what you, what was that? Uh sixty years, fifty years, forty years, something like that? Yeah, um, like sixty yeah. years, bro. Them folks got plenty, plenty. music. Plenty, plenty music. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got more, more music than we can imagine. Man, <laughs> of niggas, course, 60 like years you, of music is ridiculous. Right. And it's like it's like yeah. uh they're still a group though. Yeah. Like that's the crazy part. They're like, we're still the Isley brothers, like him and uh Ernie. Yeah. Man, yeah. you look at them old pictures of them, though, bro. <laughs> you be like, man, y'all like yeah. these guys? <laughs> man. They were putting it down, though. Man, man, they got hits for days. I was uh, amazed at how many times they had been sampled. Both groups, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. I can't, I don't know the number, but it was in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, both is. groups, man. Um, amazing, amazing artists, amazing time. Um, I really enjoyed it when they started singing together. Like they mm-hmm. did a few, it was like two songs that they did that both groups got up and sung together. You know, um, I think that was amazing. Um, I just like what Versus is doing and what it has done yeah. for the culture for throughout the pandemic. Um, shout out to Swiss Beats and Timbaland for even just yeah. coming up with that, man, because like, dude, it's it's this last time, man, you had grandmamas, you had moms, dads, mm-hmm. you know, cousins. Like everybody was talking about it. Everybody was watching it because it it music spanned from over sixty years that all of us have grew up listening to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like their music has touched everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's it. That's like that's. Like you said, for Steve, that was his. Uh, that was the music he was using to uh, to pick up the women, you yeah. know. But with us being the younger generation, that's cookout music. Man, cookout so music, clean up music, like that's barbecue music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. it's 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 amazing, man. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like uh, I think the song is September. Mm-hmm. Like my wife wanted yeah. to come out, like uh, play that at our wedding. I was like, all right, I don't care, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to get married on the twenty first of September or something like that. So, yeah. um, we didn't, but that's what she wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, I think I think that versus was fire. Um, they really did like Trillard really went out. You know, yeah. they had a few people in the crowd, so they was able to like really have a concert in front of people. Um, Ernie, like his talent has shined through like playing the guitar. Um, dude is nice. <laughs> like yeah. that's all I can say. And that's 60 plus yeah. years of playing the guitar. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Um and still can do it, man. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. They was missing, uh, like one of the lead singers died, I think, in 2016. Um, Maurice. Maurice, yeah. yeah. Um, they were missing him, yeah. but the other guys were up there, um, doing their thing. I was like, I didn't know who it was that was missing until like afterwards. I finally looked it up. I knew yeah. somebody was missing. Um, I'm trying to think. They took a break. Halfway through it, bro. That was like a real halftime, bro. <laughs> like, man, break, bro. I was like, like damn, well, I'm gonna go minutes. get something to eat. <laughs> it was like 40 minutes. I'm like, damn, damn, man. You gotta think about who we talking about, man. Right. They needed yeah. that break. <laughs> they did. They sure did. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, but D Nice was sitting up there working, boy. I'm here to tell you. Um, but no, man, I like I like the trajectory that uh versus is going in, man. This coming up week, they got uh Method Man and Red Man going against each other on 420. So that should be oh, wow. that should be fun. Um just to even see that, you know, um that should be a lot of fun. One thing I didn't know before, like last year, was that Red Man wasn't in Wu Tang. Um, y'all had to tell me this on the podcast, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> Man, but um, I remember celebrating 420. Um, I don't do it anymore. Uh, but um, you know that should be a lot of fun that day. Yeah. You <laughs> you come out of retirement? Nah. You sound like you've been coming out of no, retirement. No, man. Nah, I ain't gonna come out of you retirement. Like up. You know, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> no, this year. <laughs> this year. <laughs> Nigga gonna be back. <laughs> Like two, three, man. But now, um, you know, um, I'm looking forward to that one, man. To get my playlist of uh, four twenty, my four twenty playlist together. You know, yeah. I always had, bro. I had a mean one back in college, bro. <laughs> everything was on that day, man. So, um, and I gotta watch How High too. I never seen that one. Um, I don't think Red Man or Method Man was in that one. You seen how high one though, right? Yeah, not the second one. Yeah. It's DC Young Fly and Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty, yeah. Yeah. So I gotta check that out. You didn't watch it. You didn't? (laughs) I like it. Like it's crazy, man. I like both of them guys, man. Like Lil Yachty had to grow on me, but um, yeah, yeah. uh, DC Young Fly, man, he's always been cool. Um but I don't I know, man. A fan of the original movie, man. Man, like, the original one. I just one. didn't watch it. Like, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I haven't watched it, but I never thought the sequel would live up to the first one if the 
with the first one with the uh, Method Man and Red Man not being in the first in the second one. So it was like it was always kind of like eh, they just made something up, you know. So yeah, like like uh like Billy too. Exactly like Belly yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly. It took me so long to even attempt to watch this. Like, I still ain't watched it. Belly's <laughs> such a classic. I ain't never watched it all the way through. Yeah. Belly is such an iconic movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially with uh, Hype Williams directed Belly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at the time, I don't think he had done any films. Like, no, nah, that was his first one. It was like a long-ass music video. <laughs> that shit was fire. The scenes and shit was so dope. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you would have thought he had been making movies. Like, yeah, yeah. so. Nah, that's, that's dope, yeah, I don't know. man. I, I, couldn't get in, I couldn't get into two, though. Man. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> I, ain't never I, seen never, it. I ain't never seen it. So, yeah. it, it just never interested me like that, man. Um, yeah. I don't, now that you say, uh, say bring up Belly, what's the name of that movie DMX was in where he, uh, What's the girl from uh Family? No, it wasn't Family Matters. Fuck, what is she playing? Anyway, he was giving the people battery acid instead of uh. Ooh. God, what's the name of that movie, man? Like that was the thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was uh like they be selling them drugs, but then mm-hmm. they'll do something and he'll sell them battery acid. And if they take it, they just you know they die. But if yeah. they don't, it was something about a like I can't remember what it was, but man, that movie was a good movie. When I think of it, man, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put it in the slack. Um, yeah, all the DMX movies was good. Yeah. I can't think of a of a bad one. I'm Come trying here, yeah, I can't think of a bad one. Yeah, Romeo Must Die was dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon was in that joint too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One time for Dragon, man. He another one that's underrated. Man. Oh, for sure, man. He had yeah. he, at one point in time he was doing like uh little freestyles and stuff, wasn't he? He did like 70 of them. Yeah. He was just putting them out yeah. every other week and they all was fire. Right, like, right. All <laughs> of them was fire, like. Right, man. Yeah, man. That shit crazy, man. It's 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 like so much talent and art around surrounding that that group of guys, man, and and ladies. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, man. I I really miss them now. <laughs> it's like damn, man. Yeah. I wish I could listen to more or, or see more or do more. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. I saw him once in concert at one music fest. I ain't sure if I was there or not, but you know, it is what it is. Um, that's all I got for the news, man. If y'all got something, go feel free. I can't think of shit. That's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) Man, so the part I've been waiting on, man, let's get into this album in plain sight, man. Came out, when did it come out? In December 31st? Yeah, uh, so uh, it dropped for purchase on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And then it dropped for streaming on New Year's Day. Okay. I gave it a little bit of a cushion, you know, because I know even the people that love the support, it was like mentally, it's like, why am I going to buy it when I can go stream it? But, right. So I always I always wait a little while before I make it available for streaming, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, as far as me, as far as my music, my, uh, my goal when I started was to make the music pay for itself. 
Mm-hmm. Like, so it wasn't necessarily I was trying to, I was, I was never trying to get rich off the music. I was trying to make sure that the music doesn't become another bill in my household. There you go. So, you know, every album potentially pays for the next album. And it also pays for the visuals that go along with the album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it came out on Christmas Day. Uh, and then it came out everywhere else on New Year's Day. Okay. Yeah, man. Twelve joints. Like uh, I, I'm confused too now about what people consider an album. Albums have become shorter. Well, what yeah. people are willing or able to classify as albums have become shorter over the last like five years. Mm-hmm. So like now, seven songs is considered an album. Oh, really? It just depends on how long the songs are. That's crazy, man. Kanye came out with yeah, that too, right? Well, yeah, he did the whole good music catalog like that. So uh, that was the year that all of them dropped in one year. And yeah, I think yeah. Pusha T laid that off. So it was yeah. uh, Pusha T, Kanye, uh, Tiana, Tiana Taylor, Taylor, Kid Cudi. Yep. Yeah. And then the joint album with Kid Cudi. Yeah. The Kid C Ghost joints. Mm-hmm. And they all did seven albums, you know what I'm saying? And they got Grammy nominations within there too. Like they was, yep. they was doing work. Definitely, man. Yeah, man. That's crazy, man. So we got twelve songs on here. Um, yes, sir. I want to start with what was your mindset going into making this album, and how long did it, did it take you to to actually make the complete the project? Uh, time working on it. It took a few months. The time it took all of that to come together was almost three years. Because mm-hmm. uh, Re- Regaining My Weight was the first song recorded for this album. Yeah. And, you know, that joint was way back. It was like three years, coming up on four years ago. But uh, mm-hmm. around that time, uh, I was d- debating on whether or not I was going to make an album that I, I fully controlled. Because if you look through my catalog, a lot of my albums are collabs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the Walk the Line series is a collab with my one of my best friends, Slim Pro. So that's all the walking I have. Uh, no Exits is collabs with knee braces. So I wanted to do an album where I curated all the tracks. I went and met with the different producers. I got the sound. And Regain mm-hmm. the Weight was what started it. Okay. But during it, uh, Kingpin, the composer, he approached me and was like, man, I got a joint for you. And uh, we did a song called Make Me a Believer. He sent it to me on like a Wednesday. I got it recorded that weekend. And then Monday, I sent it back to him. And he was like, all right, I'm going to send you the next jump by, by Wednesday. So I was like, all right, what's the next jump? He said, I told you I had a jump for you. So that's when the Memphis came out. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I thought he was saying, I got a song for you. <laughs> he was saying, I got a tape. We're going to do a tape. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? That was the interchangeableness of the jump word. It threw me completely off. So I, was <laughs> like, <"Okay." laughs> I was like, well, we're going to do a whole jump then. So, I put everything, I put my album that I was going to do solo, I kind of just put it in the vault. I had mm-hmm. some songs put together already. I put it to the side and we did Walking with the Spaceman and then we did the run with Walking with the Spaceman and then I came back and did it in plain sight. So, okay. you know, a lot of these songs is like several years old. Yeah. But, you know, they just was sitting on ice until I got ready to get them mixed and mastered and stuff. So, yeah. That's the, cool. uh, the process was I saw bars coming back to the forefront, even in the mainstream. But I never stopped doing mm-hmm. bars. So 
the, the concept of being in plain sight is like, all right, so people more likely to find me now because of what they searching because my music is similar. But my music been right there the whole time. So I've been in plain sight the whole time. So yeah. that, that was the, the concept of why the album is named what it's named, you know. All right. So yeah, that's that's where it came from. That was that was the goal was to to showcase. Man, I've been doing this. Like I'm, yeah. y'all y'all looking for folks spitting. I've been spitting. Like you know. Yeah. yeah. I think he did that though. No, I think I think it's cool. Like uh, I was looking at the uh, and I just looked at it just to make sure I wasn't tripping. But I looked at the the cover out the the picture on the on the cover, and I was like, yeah. the first thing that stood out to me was like, why does he have this? A uh, picture of it looks like just a bunch of white people just at a concert, mm-hmm. and if you look yeah. close enough, you can find Waldo, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which yeah, is, I guess that's you. Them, there's literally only like three black people in that picture, right? Like, that was funny too. We did that on purpose too, like uh, because that people immediately noticed that oh, I saw these white people. Yeah. So the next thing they do is is like, is it any black people in here? And that's usually how they find me yeah. in the picture. <laughs> but then they they find these other and all the black people in the picture they group right together like yeah. we would be yeah. if we were there. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Where you get the picture from? Man, Friday Black, Friday Black, he did all the artwork for the album, like all the uh, the, the pictures promo leading up to it, the, the throw out pictures. Yeah, he did that, and so he found that image. He just doctored it a little bit. That's all, okay. you know what I'm saying? It was a, a real concert image. We just went and played with it a little bit. To okay. bend it to what we wanted it to be. Yeah. And Friday Black a monster, man. Yeah. Okay. Definitely, man. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Um, I did want to talk to you about... Um, You got a couple features on here, and it's two in particular yeah. that... um. I'm familiar with their music. Um, the one with Trina Michelle and over. Yeah. And then Dear Silas, uh, Way Back in the Silk. Way Back in the Silk, yeah. Um, can we talk about, let's talk about Way Back in the Silk first, and then we'll get into the one that you uh, you did with Trina. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Like, I, I found out about yeah. Dear Silas in, uh, off of YouTube. And then just to hear them in the song, and I was like, "They from Mississippi, um, you know, that makes sense." Yeah. So, th- so uh, <laughs> yeah. can we talk about a little bit about how you guys got together, and then we kind of go into like the actual song a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's easy. So, like uh, when I was trying to just build my base, I, I started going just finding different places where I can tap in and perform. Uh, because I find it's easier to, to convert people to fans if they see me live first. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found out about some stuff. Uh, his manager, Kamikaze. Uh, first off, Kamikaze, Brad Kamikaze, he was uh, one of the original members of Cookie Level with David mm-hmm. Dunn. So Silas is his artist. He's managing Silas. So I went down there for a, a showcase that he was doing. And that's the first time I met Silas. And then I started plugging in with people in Baton Rouge and like uh, Marcel P. Black and all of them. And this circuit of people was a circuit that Silas was already moving in. And so we kind of just would pop up in the same rooms. You know what I'm saying? I always thought he was a dope artist. Uh, And we kind of started building a relationship. 
and we was already working on doing something together. Like uh, he was gonna come to Memphis, and uh, he was me and him was gonna kind of do a show together at the High Tone, and he had a, a project out, and one of the songs got attached to uh, a Dexter Laboratory meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a song, and the hook is like skrr, skrr. so they had. Somebody took the video and made it to where Dexter was singing it in the girl ear. Yeah. And the shit took <laughs> off. Like, I mean, like, overnight, I remember talking to uh, his manager because we was negotiating him coming here. But, like, his shit just took off. Like, uh, it went viral and, uh, like, it was it was starting to hit the millions on different platforms. So it was mm-hmm. like Twitter first, it hit like 1.5 on Twitter. And then the calls started coming in for him. Mm-hmm. So like that's how it is now. Like why you why you that big or why you viral? That's when the opportunities come. So we got flooded with so much stuff that we really couldn't reach each other. I couldn't talk to him for a while. It just was mm-hmm. one of them times it just got hectic. So I can't say it died down, but it came to a point where he came back around. And uh, that's the dope part about this about him just being a real nigga. Like because at the time we was kind of doing this. And then he go viral and it's like, Shh. yeah. And he could have easily been like, well, you know, I can't really be doing, you know, features for under such and such. Yeah. But he came back and and did it for the same thing we discussed prior to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was real dope. <clears throat> That's dope. And uh, back in the ship was one of my most streamed songs at the time. Uh, it was right up there with regaining my weight. So I was like, I'm I'm finishing this album up, and you know, Slim. My homie that I was talking about, he was my first producer. He produced the original. And I wanted to have something from him on this album anyway. So I was like, it's only right I get Slim to remix this joint. Yeah. And then I put silence on it. And then it's a whole Mississippi connection. And it just makes sense. So, you know what I'm saying? I sent them a record. Then also, just to play on words, back in the silk. You know, we made it way back in the silk because he a little deeper. He in Jackson. So he was mm-hmm. going way back in the silk to go get the feature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it just worked out, man. It just turned out dope. That's dope, man. That is super dope, man. I, I saw that and I heard it and I was like, man, this song is banging. You know. Yeah. Um the first thing yeah, that man. <laughs> man. Um the first thing that I thought about was the beat. I like him. I like the beat. That's yeah. what that's pretty much like this podcast has taught me to listen to what's being said. <laughs> but <laughs> And uh, but for the most part, man, you gonna find I'm my interest is gonna hype hype uh heighten when I hear the beat. You know what I'm saying? I ain't get a yeah. chance to put it in the car test because I ain't had nowhere to go. But um yeah. I put it on the speakers in the house, man. It sounds really good. Um I wanna jump over to the song you did with uh Trina Michelle. Now it's special to me because she went to school with us. Like she went to uh, UT and it's funny because I knew her like my sophomore year. Like I think I met her maybe my sophomore year. And then um, I didn't find out she could sing until like two or three years later. And it's it's wild. Right. And so um, now it's, it's like, I don't, I'm not an avid listener to her music because it's slower music. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a real big on R&B music, you know, but I do listen to it. Like when she have a new song come out, I play it, you know what I'm saying? Just because I want to support it. 
Um, but I appreciate like seeing seeing her on your your album. I'm like, gotta ask about that, man. About yeah. making that song and working with her and stuff like that. Because it's like now I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, oh, I know her. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So um let's just talk a little bit about how that song came about and your relationship with her and everything like that. Cause I think she's dope as well as an artist too. Very dope. First off, I love Trina Michelle. I love uh, how just real she is like mm-hmm. as a person and as, as an artist. Cause like, she's not one of them people like outside of the music she makes and the, her stature, she's a, She's a small girl. Right, right. She meant this to the heart. Man. Like she, she don't talk that shit. She don't let you know if she don't like some. Uh, in fact, so I make mad beats. Yeah. Produce that, that track. And uh, so she came, I, I hit her up about it because uh, I just, I couldn't hear nobody else on it. And mm-hmm. I hit her up to come through to the studio. And she had us in the studio doing push-ups. He came in and was like, yeah, uh, I'll just come straight in and train me. We don't get these push-ups. Like, real deal. Like, so it's me and her. I make mad beats. We in there doing push-ups and shit. And then she she uh, she actually did that hook like three or four different ways. She yeah. was like, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. And we just see, we'll see which one feels good. And uh, me and her, we, we have a, uh, we have a dope working relationship because like, uh, me and her, we bounce ideas off of each other. She's actually got a couple features coming from me. So we, we kind of just been swapping out, you know what I'm saying? But she was just perfect for the sound I needed on there. Like, and she was excited to do it too. So, you know, it turned out really, really, really dope. Cause that song is like a letter to the fans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I do have a lot of music out. I got a pretty big catalog. So the whole hook is just, the testament of what I was saying earlier, like, it's not always glamorous. Like, a lot of times, the music just makes enough to cover what I spent on the music. Mm-hmm. But if it's, I feel like it's enough people that want it that I'm going to keep doing it. So, like, mm-hmm. that was the, the concept of I'm gonna, over and over again. Like, it don't, it don't matter if we, uh, if we ever, if we ever go to BET or none of that shit, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, as long as y'all keep wanting it, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. That's basically what the whole song saying. Like, yeah, man. That's and dope. she felt the same way. She was like, I don't care. I don't care if it's 10 people listening to me. I'm going to put out music for them 10 people. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So she yeah. she, she understood it. You know what I'm saying? We'll like, that, was, that was just one of them. Uh, like, the Dear Silas jump, man. Like, just, like, really just um, seeing him. The first time I ever heard about Dear Silas was when he did that song with Big Crit. You know oh, yeah. how big of a fan yeah. I am, a big crit. Yeah. And uh you can't it's, wait it's, to the train, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait to the train, bro. Because I've been uh, listening to that man since uh the day I died and shit. Oh yeah. Came out. I was uh, I got I got you beat too. I yeah. got you beat too. But I don't want to interrupt you. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna get out the background. No, 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 no. I ain't know about it before the day I died because that was when I was uh just starting to get active. Um, mm-hmm. as far as being an artist in the the area, basically, the region. And um, the reason I got on his stuff was from, uh, shoot, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Valisa. <laughs> Valisa yeah. had 
she had started like touching different artists in Jackson, like in the Jackson area and stuff. And so I, I would learn about different people based on some of the people that she was interacting with at the time. And that was one of the people that um, I ended up looking up because she brought uh, Kamikaze up to the Slim House uh, one time. Yeah. As I forgot what the name of the event was, but he was there and uh, it was him and it was another guy. And he was just talking about some of the some of the obstacles that he's endured and some of the things that he's learned from being in the industry. And um, I think he may have plugged Silas then. Um, and I think at yeah. that time he was just Silas. It was just Silas when uh, yeah. I learned about that, man. It was just Silas. And then Dear Silas came later and I was like, all right, he got a little name change, but it's, it's all good. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just cool because the day I died is like the one with him with the, like the Naruto headband and shit. And yeah. it's it's like a, a story, like the whole way through and shit. And I was just like, I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Because at that time, I was still working at the University of Memphis uh, doing some work. Uh, what you call it? Graduate assistantship because I was still going to school up there. And <clears throat> I was just listening to that shit when I was at work because I ain't do shit at work, nigga. I'm talking about, like, I, I was like the computer lab assistant and shit. I ain't do nothing, bro. All I had to do was put some paper in the printer. That was my job. My job was nigga when the That's when the printer get low, put the paper in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I was in that job, if I ain't have nothing to work off of school, then I'd just be in there listening to new music and shit. And so I was yeah. listening to yeah, um, just kind of checking in, trying to see what that mind was talking about. I really did appreciate that one. And then um, so like you said, when stuff started to take off, it was just kind of cool to watch because it was just like, damn, yeah. this nigga was just like. Here <laughs> and now, yeah. you like, shit just yeah, I'm talking about it off. like quick as hell. Yeah. Bro. I saw that skirt, skirt shit, and I was like, hell no, how? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, you said you got me beat though. Oh, I do got you beat. So you got Dear Silas and you got Silas. Uh, originally, when he started his YouTube, he was Trey Parker. Mm. So as far as Trey Parker, he was doing a little bit of everything because he's actually funny as hell. Like you can tell that if you follow him now, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he's completely him. That's another reason why I've always rocked with him. He yeah. didn't try to build a persona. Like he was like the day I died album. He had the Naruto headband on. That shit that he really into. And a lot of rappers don't embrace themselves, but he was like that from the jump. So yeah. his Trey Parker page had like a lot of parodies of folk shit. It had skits. But in between them, he was he was bumping. But you know, what brought people to that channel was the comedy, the skits and shit. And yeah. uh once once that once that page swole up as far as like followers and people viewing it, he was able to streamline it a little more like, all right, so y'all ain't gonna keep acting like I'm not bumping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's cool that y'all here. But it's funny shit, but watch this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And then he transitioned into Silas, you know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. I got to see that from the, the young, like, graduating high school, going to college type times. So and then I'm, like, a year apart or so. But, like, that's how far back that goes. I'm talking 2005, 2006. Mm. Yeah. Where he, he, had a, he had a following then, but it just was a different kind of following. So yeah. like I really have got to see him evolve a long way. Like and he, he he talented on a lot of levels. Like so, yeah, I'm 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 happy for him, man. Anytime this shit can stand up, I'm with it, man. Yeah. 
the creep move was major. It, I was proud of that too. Like, yeah, we state. So, from being from Mississippi, and I was a drum alumni. So, you know, in in, in high school, I was a percussionist. Silas is a trumpet player. Like, I can only imagine how I had to feel for him to have a song with Big Crit with Jackson State in the video. Right. Like, all three of the things together, being from yeah. Mississippi is fucking huge. And he from Jackson. So, you know, that's that's huge. That's huge. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was real happy about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he still came around and did the album, even right. after all of it. Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the album right quick, bro. You know, rain this shit yeah, in. Yeah. I'm gonna reel you niggas in. Uh, all right, bro. So y'all kind of answered a lot of the questions that I wanted to ask because I was gonna ask about like the album artwork and about the title and how you came up with that. And then I was gonna ask about your approach to how you started it and, and how you picked the features and the and the producers and shit. But you kind of covered up it. But what we haven't yeah. kind of talked about is kind of like favorite songs on the album. Cause I know you mentioned it, like regaining my weight came out like some years in the past, which is true. Cause I yeah. remember when shit came out with the little water bottle and shit on there, and I was like, "Nigga, this yeah, shit." Yeah. But like, uh, what I hadn't heard yet was like uh, movie shit, and then uh, own versus own, and then uh, the Lion Man. I had not heard them songs before before the album actually dropped, and those became like the ones that I gravitate to when I turned the project on. So like I still play yeah. regaining my weight because that just just got a cool ass sound, bro. Like it's it's timeless as fuck. Yeah. But then also yeah. like movie shit, it put me in the mind of um, cause you a very talented person, bro. First of all, just let you know that. Thank but you. like <laughs> the way that you structure songs and shit is always on point, bro. Like where I've seen it, where I first started to see it, uh, like at the level that I feel like it's at now, it was like walking with the spaceman. Like I started starting to craft into another fucking level. Cause like you always had dope ass shit. Cause even when I did the thing at the Slim House, like I think that was the first time we really got a chance to do anything together. And you got a chance to yeah. kind of review, uh, damn, I can't even remember the song right now. What is the name Ooh, of the song? In the never in the story. Boom, there we go. So never yeah. in the story is like a taste of where we at now with shit like movie shit. Yeah. Like that's, a, yeah. that's a taste of where that shit could have gone. That's where like I seen it and it was like, all right, this nigga got something here. I'm going to see what happens with this yeah. little clip on the radar and shit. That motherfucker has exploded since then. So since then, we've yeah. turned into a complete fucking monster. And so movie shit is like from the production down to like the lyrics and how you like cater us through that motherfucker is amazing. And just like, just talk about that shit for a second. Talk about movie shit for yeah, a second. So, movie shit is another one from uh, from I Make Mad Beat. He, uh, he the only producer that's on this album twice. Uh, okay. But uh, when I locked in, that's actually the first one I did with him. The one with Trina Michelle was the second one I did with him. Mm. But, uh, so, that session was closed. When I got there, the guitar player uh, I don't want to say his name wrong, but he was he was getting ready to leave, but he had just laid them licks that the song comes on with. So there's a live guitar. He had just laid that in the in the studio. He was getting ready to go, and uh, I had already told I make mad what my concept was like as far as I wanted the song to be a movie, like so I wanted it to play out in different acts. 
Mm-hmm. So it comes on like an action sequence. It come on just hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? I come on going straight in. Before the drums even fall in, it's kind of like reminiscent to a car chase. Like an opening movie opens with a car skidding into the scene type shit. That's me on the track. Yeah. And then the drums come in later. And then by the time you get to the hook, that's kind of like a break. Because it's straight bars from the beginning till you get to that first break. And then uh, we had a vocalist on there. And then you go into the second half of the song, it's a dramatic drop. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, all of this is movie terms. We talked about the song in movie terms. Like, we broke it down as if it was a movie. So, like, the, the even the, the reference, when it came in at the second verse, they trying to kill my cooling vibe, like Cochise on Cooley High. Like, movie fans would catch that and be like, okay, that's, yeah. that's, that's hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even the way I said it, like, I know uh, it's a couple people that's talked to me about it. It's like, man, it sounds like you recorded this song at different times. Like, no, it was all in one day. I'm supposed to sound different right there because it's a different emotion right there. And it worked out perfectly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And he he captured everything I wanted to capture, even, even the way it cut off. Like, when it cuts off with my last word and you got the vocalist singing you out, it's supposed to feel like the credits running. Mm. And it feel to me it does. It feels like the credits running. Like everything's winding down to fade to black. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I wanted to give people a journey with this whole album. So like when you were saying the uh, the day I died was a story. Mm-hmm. This album is a story. It's just a little more abstract. It ain't so in your face that you can just pick it apart. But it's my story. So the intro is all bars. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started, I was doing uh, open mic battles, freestyle battles. Mm. So the intro is that. It's, it's no structure. It's like a bunch of different cadences, <laughs> a bunch of different like metaphors and flips, and that's that. And then you go into own versus own when I decided what I wanted out of the business. Mm-hmm. So that's why own versus own is like that. Then you got MCs versus instrumentals because – at that time, I was super lyrical, and I wasn't trying to figure out whether I wanted to write songs or not. Everything so MCs versus instrumentals is real lyrical. That's why I went and got uh, Austin Michael because I knew he could he could hold up the bar wherever I was gonna set it at, mm-hmm. and he did. And then you go into mixed signals, which is the most mainstream sounding song down there on the whole album. Which is when I found out how to do that. Yeah. So that's when I put that. In the in the album, and the whole album just keeps going like that. It's just mm-hmm. one long story, like. And some people will pick up on it. I don't think many people will pick up on it because, like I said, it ain't so direct. Mm-hmm. But I know that's why it's structured like this. Like, but nigga, that's why that's why interviews like this is necessary. I feel is because niggas need to be able to tell us that shit. Right. For if we do not pick up yeah. on it, it's like, bro, because just hearing it that way, it it makes you appreciate it a, t- a totally different way. It's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this yeah. is a whole story. Now every time <laughs> I listen to this shit from this point on, I have that in mind. Yeah. The same way that yeah. you listen to it when you listen to it back and you already know that story. Because that's how I feel about my own shit. It's like, I know the goddamn story. But niggas may yeah. not know unless I tell them. <laughs> so I got to go back and like, alright bro, this is what we was doing yeah. here. This is what I was doing here. And then it's like, oh, I see what you talking about. Like, yeah, that's how. That's yeah. why this shit is necessary. So niggas can can tell you in their own words exactly what you're supposed yeah. to be feeling. Because some of the stuff you just pick up on naturally, like you said. Some of the yeah. stuff you're going to pick up on naturally. But it's always them little intricate details 
that make it that take it yeah. to the next level for me. Yeah. Now, yeah, I put so much stuff in there that I don't necessarily catch people. I don't I don't necessarily expect people to catch. Like yeah. uh, the hook on the hook on mixed signals is uh if you get the drift and you like my drip, just let me slide through. All of that goes back into slide. It's a drift. You know what I'm mm. saying? You get the yeah. drip, you step in something that drip, you slide. All of that was supposed to be clever yeah. wordplay. But it's so catchy, people don't give a fuck how clever it is. <laughs> like, I like how that sounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I get that too. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's, it's crazy to hear like the the breakdown of the songs just because for me, this is the first music that I listen to of yours. You know what I'm saying? So okay. just just coming yeah. into it, listening to it for the first time, um, and under and now getting a chance to say to understand your process in it or understand how the layout of the of the album was. It's like for me now, I'm can't wait till we finish so I can go back and listen to it and find those things. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like it gives me an opportunity to go back and look for things in the music because all those all those uh, the Cooley have uh, part I picked up on that. I was like Cooley? Okay. Okay. I see what you're doing with that. The drill part (laughs) I didn't catch that but I know the part that you you know what I'm saying? I I heard the words and I was like that's dope what he said, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that it was like all about slipping and falling and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, that's the, like, that's, a, that's one of one reason why it's like, Oh, I love this man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, that's dope, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Like for sure, for sure. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, you, you briefly talked about, uh, eye opener. I think that's the intro, right? Yeah. 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 That's my favorite one. <laughs> like the beat is so hard on that, man. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Um, it's rowdy production. That like, dude, like it, it's it's tough. When you was like, I was just throwing bars out there. I could tell. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's it's like if the intro, like I was like, that's the intro. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Coming into it, I was like, yeah. damn, that's the intro. Okay, let's see what this man ain't talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, fun fact. yeah, that's the last song recorded for the album. I can believe that song it. was recorded like it was recorded like two weeks before the album came out. Initially, on versus on was the intro. Oh yeah, but I, I I kept saying I put a post out there and everything. I was like, how important is an intro? And you know, I was just talking to my fans, and a lot of them was like, man, intros. They set the tone, and I was like, well, maybe I'll do an intro. Like, I was damn near packaging. Yeah. Like, we had to go back and change the, the track list artwork, because I literally did it two weeks before the album came. Mm. So I had to go back and yeah. get Black to add a fucking song and shift everything down and change all the numbers. He's like, come on, Street, killing me, bro. Like, <laughs> damn, bro. Like, but it worked out, though. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely did, man. Um. I was actually gonna ask you what made you want that one as the intro, but you know, this is like, bro, it's a dope, yeah. it's a dope intro, bro. Like the the thing, like I always tell everybody, man, the beat is gonna catch my attention first, and it does that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then you yeah. go into the to the bars. Like the fact that you was like, I was just throwing bars out there. 
Now I'm finna go back and be like, okay, well, let's catch these bars. You know? <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so many, man. Because, like, they, they, I didn't have to be confined to trying to tie it into a story. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they, they it's, it's punches in spots where you wouldn't look for punches. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like where you where you would end the bar normally, it's a punch there, but it's like two or three before it. But if you don't, if you ain't really listening, it's cool. Yeah. If you listening, you like okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, I see that, yeah. And that, it was fun to do that too, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? and not worry about not worry about what's gonna get caught and what's not. Gonna, I had to find that out as I grew as an artist, like nigga, you know, you, <laughs> you get to where you stuck, man. You get to where you start explaining bars in mm-hmm. the verse, yeah. and now you sacrifice bars to explain bars. It's like, no, nah, make sure it's dope as is, and that way, even if people miss something, it's still dope. And now, later on, if they listen to it five, six months later, that piece might catch them, and they'd be like, damn, I didn't even know all this time. This was, this was mm-hmm. tied into this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I had to learn it, though. That shit was hard. It wasn't easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How did you how did you get to that point? Because I know for me, like, because I know for me, it, it one of the things that really helps me develop as a as a rapper specifically is that I rap so much with my cousin. And yeah. so we hear each other's shit a lot. So we get to bounce each bounce off of each other like anytime, basically anytime a song is made that has the two of us on it. Or even if we just like bounce the back bars and shit, because we'll just send each other voice recordings and shit. But the thing that really like explained that specific phenomenon for me was like him coming back, like you said, five months later and being like, nigga, I ain't even pay attention to this part right here where you said blah, 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 blah. But now yeah. I see what you was doing with that shit. And it's like, yes, bro. Like, and here I go five months in the past. I'm probably mad because ain't nobody caught it yet. <laughs> and then like five months in the future, it's like, oh, okay, he finally got it. He finally like set in. Like, yeah. he was just sitting there like a ticking time bomb just waiting on his ass to, like, for real catch it. And then, like, it a boom in his head. He like, damn. You got the little blown mind yeah. emoji and shit. And it's like, that's what he sent to. He sent you just the, the little mind yeah. emoji and shit. You just be like, yeah, bro, that's what I was trying to do right there. Like, bro, you got yeah. it. I just ain't I just ain't pick up on that shit. But I think that yeah. comes from, uh, I think sometimes it comes from, like, uh, when I'm writing, and you may have the same kind of experience, when I'm writing, I'm not just trying to impress the people who listening. I'm also trying to impress myself. And so, like, yeah. that's, that's even harder because you know everything already. So you already know all yeah. the shit that you're saying. So, like, you sitting there writing in a, a totally different sphere where you know, like, your whole background and everything. And so, like, connections that you make in your brain may not even make sense to somebody else. And so you sitting there making some dope ass shit if people understood where you was coming (laughs) from sometimes. (laughs) And and you can't even really explain it the way that you want to explain it. They just kind of got to experience what you said for it to make sense. And you just be like, all right, it's there. If Like you said, it's in plain sight. Like, it's there if you want it. As soon as you had that experience and you hear that shit at the right moment, you're going to be like, nigga... Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that shit yeah, that, crazy. That's what helped me learn how to do it. Like, so what helped me learn how to do it was one, uh, as far as my catalog goes, every year I make it a point to do a lot of throwaways. Not throwaways, but I give out a lot of music. So I yeah. may decide to lock in and do a, a project where I'm just 
I'm in the mood. Like I did West Coasting, uh, yeah. where it was a project that was predominantly all West Coast feels, like type beats, because I ain't never been to Cali. That was the whole inspiration. It's like I ain't never been to Cali. I love the music. Uh, I love the uh, the flowers they grow out there, and uh, mm-hmm. so I was like, <laughs> let me. <laughs> I was like, let me make a project that feels like Kelly to me. Yeah. But I'm just gonna give it away because it was other people's beats. And you know, I do a lot of projects like that. And on those projects, I was noticing that I was just doing me and putting them out there because I was giving them away. And I wasn't stressing about are they gonna catch this, are they gonna catch that? Mm-hmm. And so I started like filtering it into my official album. Just like, look. These joints are successful. Like West Coast, and I put it out there as a free project. But if you wanted to donate, you could. And it made money like a project that I was pushing for sale. And I was like, maybe I'm taking myself too seriously and wondering if people caught this or people caught that. And the second thing was the different responses you get. There's a different response when you point out a bar to somebody than when they discover it. It's like telling somebody, it's like telling a child that the stove hot. They'll listen to you, but it ain't the same as them touching that motherfucker. Right. (laughs) After they touch it, it's a different thing. Like, I'm 35. My iron ain't been plugged up in two days. I'm not going to touch the front part of it. It don't matter. I see it ain't plugged up. I've been burned by one of them bitches before. It don't matter. Exactly. So, discovering the bars hit different. Like yep. when, when when he send you that emoji with the mind blown, if you'd have pointed him out, if you'd have pointed out to him, he'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." But him just on his own doing yeah. something, and he got to rewind it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this fucking dope! Like so really different response. You know what I'm saying? So I I felt like I didn't want to rob people of their moments no more. I didn't yeah. want to. It's like sitting next to you and telling you a movie. I don't want to do that no more. I'm gonna let you. Watching and pick out what you get from it, you know what I'm saying, and it it's been working since I transitioned into doing it. Like it works in my favor. So yeah, yeah, That's yeah, dope, man. man. Super dope, man. Um, that's the album for me, man. <laughs> I got one more question, man. I got one got? more question, bro. Because uh, I did. I like how I opener runs into all versus all. Like I like how that, yeah. that shit drifts into each other because it's kind of like <clears throat> the, the question that I had wrote down was like on eye opener you kind of talk about like not necessarily being acknowledged for great work and then uh uh my question was like okay so what kind of acknowledgement are you looking for and that was like when I wrote it right then listening to the song and then like I listen yeah. to own versus own and it basically gives me my answer is like I kind of have my own definition of success. Then I just like, as long as yeah. I hit my marks, then I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That kind of thing. Yeah. And so is is at this point in your career, because how long have you been doing since like when was the first uh, project came out? The first project came out in 2013. Okay. So, you know, I'm in eight years now. The project came out the same week my daughter was born. Like, uh, okay. and I had a, so I had an album release party. Ain't they walking around the first yeah. The first walk the line. Yeah. So I knew my I knew my daughter was coming, but she came a little early. So like I had this album release party at Sensi. So I remember, and I, I don't want to mess this up. 
like my daughter was born on like a Monday, like, and then my release party was that Saturday. And we still was in the hospital. I left the hospital. I went and did the release party. I went right back to the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that was a dope time for me too. Like, uh, but yeah, 2013 was the first official release for me. Before that, I was doing like Mike battles and mm-hmm. uh, freestyle battles, and there was a particular battle that was uh, it was reoccurring. It was every Thursday. And I won so many times back to back that the guy was like, "Hey, uh, we retiring you. You got to bring you got to bring some music in here. You got to come in here with a song. We'll let you perform. You don't get the battle no more. Like you either gonna come in here with a song, or you know you just can come spectate or something. But you know, and yeah. he was just pushing me. He, he was mm-hmm. trying to see me do that and not have nothing mm-hmm. for people to go listen to and shit, which was what pushed me into actually going ahead and making music. So mm-hmm. you know." Shout out to him. His name's Craig Harris. Craig Smacks Harris. He uh he a legend down here. He one of the first per- one of the first people to actually like teach people the business of mm-hmm. music. Like he was making people go to the studio. It's like yeah, it's cool. You don't want some money here, but uh, what if I tell you you can't battle no more? Then what? Yeah. What if I tell you you can't battle on my show no more? What you gonna do? You gonna you gonna you gonna go course some music? You been winning money every week. <laughs> so you can't lie like you can't go pay to record no music because I've right. been paying you out. I'm the one been paying you out. <laughs> so you know, yeah, that was that was the start of that. So from 2013 to now, that's that's my time frame. Yeah. So at and this point, that's the question though. You saying from yeah, yeah, now? Yeah. The question, yeah, the question is like at this point, what is it that you want from? From music, because I know you talked a little bit later, like you just want the projects to be able to basically finance themselves. But uh, I know for me specifically, like one of my things that I like to get out of projects when I drop them is that fucking experience of of like people discovering stuff inside of the music and being like, God damn, like I ain't even, I wouldn't even pay no attention to this, that kind of shit. Like I just do it for that at this point because I don't really like. I, I don't put out music very often. Not that I be slacking on no shit like that, because I do put something out like every year. But like, I don't sit, I don't record music all the time. Normally, when y'all hear something from me, it's because like I had some inspiration, I wrote some shit, and I recorded it, and I probably did that shit in like a few days and put it out. And then it's yeah. like here, here goes some shit for y'all, nigga. Like here go, here go a project. Yeah. It might yeah. be five songs, it I might be it ten too. songs. It's just like whatever the yeah. fuck came out is what came out. And, like, I've been able to rely on that shit since 2010. Just whenever you get the, the fucking urge, you just go start recording shit. And as long as you got the yeah. tools to do so, you just feel good about it. And so, like, that's what yeah. my thing is when I put out music. I just like for people to be like, damn, bro, like, I like how you did this. I like how you did that, that kind of thing. So, like, what is it that keeps you coming back to doing music? Well, I mean, uh... I, I get a lot of love, man. And I, I get to have a lot of conversations about songs because I'm not a, I'm not boxed in. I ain't got no corner of what I can talk about and what I'm able to deliver or what type of sound I'm able to. It, it ain't too many genres I got to be afraid of, even though I'm predominantly rap. But also, like, it's a lot of people that get through a lot of shit listening to me. Mm-hmm. And that's major for me. And the initial goal was for the project to pay for the project. But like with any other goal, like every time you get to the post, you move the goal post. Yeah. So now 
the goal is to transition from what I do musically and my job to finding ways to make the music alleviate the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, the goal is still not, like a lot of people, like uh, on the song On versus On, it's like, your own and my own ain't the same. Like, once you start defining your own, then a lot of other shit don't matter to you. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't care about the, the rapper lifestyle or whatever that is perceived to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if I can do what I do anyway in everyday life, if I can take care of my everyday life and that's predominantly from what I create, then I don't want it. It don't have to be a real mm-hmm. high scale lifestyle. Even if I was living the lifestyle I live right now without working. That's I it. That's what there it you is. go, bro. I heard that shit the first time from uh, Dave Chappelle, actually. It was some uh, yeah. interview or something he was talking about. He was having a conversation with his dad. And that was basically what he had said. But my bad, I'm cutting you yeah. off. <laughs> no, no, because it, it fits right in with what I'm saying. Like, uh, And I got a, I got a pretty decent laid-back ass job, and I make decent money at it. But it still don't be repping. Yeah. If, I could, if I could rap to make that money, it still don't be that. Like, if I could get up Yawn, brush my teeth, and go record, and then later on in that week, go do me a couple shows and make what I'm making to go work for these other people. Shit, I won all day. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? It don't. It, I don't care if I'm driving a motherfucking uh Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Because I've done so much. We're so little. Like, yeah. every, like what I was saying, there's a lot of decisions I'd have made. Well, some of them I'm like, uh, you might shouldn't have, you should have done that. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at, I'd have had talks with, with industry people. I'd have had talks with labels. I'd have had deal negotiations, uh, some of which I turned down. But all of them used to say, if you want to be successful as a rapper, you got to make people want to be you. They got to see you in this, and they got to see you wearing this, and they got to see you driving this. When I first started coming to Memphis, building my fan base, I was catching rides and walking and shit. Mm-hmm. But people still were singing my songs before I mm-hmm. left. Like, it wasn't so much of what I had, it was who I was. It didn't matter. Like, it's like, and that's something that I didn't got really, really accustomed to. It's like, shit, it don't matter what I show up in, it don't matter what I show up wearing you going to feel what I'm doing because that's what I'm here to give you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I ain't got to do no fake shit. And, and and that's real easy on me. I ain't got to do no fake shit. I ain't got to put on no kind of show outside of me just being who I am because I'm dope. Mm-hmm. You get away with a lot when you dope. You know what I'm saying? At least I feel like you do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a personal experience. But, yeah. So, that's why I'm at with it, man. Like, I don't give a fuck about none of that, that extra shit. Like, It'll fall into place. Like, you right. Yeah, you right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great place yeah, to be is. at, man. That That's is. a fucking great, great fucking philosophy for life. I hope people is listening. If you're listening to this podcast right now, Jada Street just dropped some major fucking jewels and gems for uh, being a just a fucking happy person in life, bro. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't stay mad at nothing. Longer than it took me to get mad. <laughs> hey, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't hold on to nothing, especially nothing negative. I don't hold on to nothing. It's like, if it ain't gonna affect me, 
later on in the day, then I'm not gonna be thinking about it later on in the day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna leave it where is it? Like wherever it happened at. Like I feel like most people need to be like that. We 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 worry ourselves too much. Like yeah. no, about, sure. shit, about shit that either we can't change or shit that we can. Like a lot of people worry about shit that they could actively change. Like you would just make that not be that anymore. But you stressed about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> man, this has been a very dope moment, man, for for me personally. Um, just because In Plain Sight is a dope album. Let's yeah. not, let's not, you know, it's it's dope as shit. But I get to sit down and talk with the person that created it and get to get his insight on it. And on top of everything else has showed me, basically has gave me the blueprint of listen to it this way. This is what I dropped on it. After I I have my initial already listened to, okay, well, this is what we got the director's cut. You know, there you go. Basically, that's it. The director's yeah. cut. Y'all got the comp- y'all got the DVD commentary. That's that's <laughs> it right there. So, uh, man, once again, man, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us and going through the In Plain Sight album. Um, for you guys that's listening, if you haven't heard it already, it's streaming. I listen to it on title. Um, it's streaming on the, on the platforms. Um, can they still buy it? If if need be, uh, you can still buy it. You can buy in plain sight on Bandcamp, or you can buy it in the uh, the Google Store. I'm actually dealing with some stuff on Apple right now, so it's not really available on Apple. That's a uh, that's another thing too. Like uh, this year, between last year and this year, has been my biggest year for streams, and so a lot of the streaming sites cracked down on people because a lot of people was doing like bought streams and stream mm-hmm. farms and shit. Yeah. So when in plain sight dropped, the day it dropped, they flagged it. Because all these other songs I had was like they spiked. Cause I guess a bunch of people just had ran up on me or something. I don't know. Maybe people had started finding me. And so I had all these influx of streams. So they shut in plain sight down mm-hmm. for a whole month of January and most of February. Like where you couldn't stream it because they was investigating me. So, mm-hmm. so uh and I just recently got it back reinstated as far as Spotify and a couple of other sites. Apple is a little slower though. So right now you won't be able to do in plain sight on Apple, maybe for the next couple of weeks or so. I'm still waiting on them to reinstate it. But mm. yeah. Shout out to uh all the people that streamed me and gave me real streams so they couldn't block my shit. They had to put my shit back. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people stuff didn't get put back. There's people out there that had 30,000, 40,000 streams on one song yeah. and they deleted this shit because it was fake. So, wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah. It means something when you yeah. get those real streams, man. It does. <laughs> man. It means something, man. I was man. waiting on them to, to put my shit back. Like, I was like, all right, well, I ain't got that many. So, one, y'all should know that these just ain't fake. Because if I was gonna fake it, I'd fake it a couple hundred thousand. It's not gonna do it. <laughs> For sure, I'm not gonna fake ten thousand streams. Like, what's the point in doing that shit? Like, right. But yeah, no nah, man, I, I everywhere, and and it's on YouTube. You can go play it on the whole album yeah. is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. that's what's okay. up, man. Um, once again, thank you 
for listening to another episode of the Speaker Geekers podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel at Speaker Geekers podcast. You also can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Speaker Geekers podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. You got Greg at instantly underscore G and you got Steve at the great Steve O Steve. Um, Jay Discreet, I want to say thank you for joining us and, and talking us through In Plain Sight um, out now. Um, where can we find you? Um, give us your, your tags and everything else where, where we can follow you at and everything like that. Okay, well, I'm easy. Uh, it's Jay Discreet pretty much everywhere. Uh, Instagram is at Discreet, D-A-S-K-R-E-E-T, all one word, Discreet. Uh, Twitter is uh, at in discreet, in underscore discreet, as in I'm out here in the streets. Uh, and if you're gonna be out and about, when when is this air? This air is on on the 13th, April 13th. Okay, so yeah, April 17th, DOA. I'm one of the one of the headliners for DOA on uh, April the 17th. So if you're watching this. You probably want to get you a ticket as soon as you see this. We might be in sold out by then, but ain't no telling. <laughs> uh, but it's gonna be a dope. It's gonna be a dope experience. It's, uh, myself, Twan E. Well, twenty. I'm sorry, I don't say say your name wrong. Saint Course is on there, and I'm missing somebody. I'm gonna feel bad about missing them too, baby. But yeah, DOA, come out, come support. Uh, I'm doing a couple of joints off of In Plain Sight, and uh, I'm doing a brand new exclusive too that ain't out yet. So y'all probably want to be there for this. That's what's yeah, up, man. man. That's what's up. Um, well, Greg, do you have anything else? Uh, no. Typically, I don't have shit else to say by this time <laughs> in, the, uh, in the recording. But typically, by now, I'm all talked out. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the only thing I got to say is. Pretty soon, nigga, we're gonna have to work on some shit. We have to work on some uh some you get some shit going. I'm gonna have to send you some stuff. I'm, what I do is uh once I get another one of the inspirational moments and shit, I put some shit together. Yeah. And see, I do that. <laughs> yeah, we over we overdue. I think we only got one so far. Yeah, bro, we ain't got but uh what's that one called? Uh who am I? That was a while ago. That's that like was a fun one though. That shit was good. <laughs> that shit is good, bro. That's a good song. I fuck with that just yeah. still to this day. But uh nah, we overdue, bro. I'm gonna send you some more shit. I might even send you a couple just Just cause. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's it, man. Once again, thank you. And I'm out. Peace. Peace out.